hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Saladcast this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner, fresh from his holiday. Did you have a good time, Ollie? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, nice, nice and refreshed, and yeah, back to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear, Ollie. I mean, yeah, back to floods in Shrewsbury tomorrow, mate. I'll tell you what, we've had a severe flood warning tonight, and uh, I'm not sure my kids are going to be at school tomorrow. So, yeah, not a flood of goals at the Meadow on Saturday, Ollie, but definitely a flood coming this way. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. So yeah, everyone, hopefully everyone in Shrewsbury stays safe and yeah, hopefully there isn't too much damage. Hopefully it will pass through. But um, yeah, a lot of water in the last week. Mm, definitely. It's not been too good, has it? But um, yeah, as I say, we're back to talk about a Shrewsbury Town win. So that's something that hasn't happened for a while, Ollie. And I think that um, on the basis of, you know, probably just reflecting before we get into the game, a week away without having no midweek game is probably everything that Shrewsbury Town Football Club needed, isn't it? Yeah, it's something that um, Sam Ricketts is keen to point out, which I yes. think is a fair, a fair, a fair point that we haven't had um, a bit of a gap. Um, and yeah, the the time that they had on the training field allowed a few mm. players to to kind of get ready and recover a bit, and also to work on the shape that we we played on Saturday. Yeah, very different. Okie dokie. Right. Well, let's no no better time than to get stuck into a win. So let's go on with Ollie. Morgan's header across the face of goal to Edgeworth. Should he- So, as we just said, 1-0 to Shrewsbury Town versus Doncaster Rovers on Saturday with the goal, magic, magic moment, goal through Dave Edwards, which I'm sure we will spend quite a long time talking about in a minute, Ollie. But, yeah, uh, nice to get a win under the belt um, and in front of 5,672. Uh, 100 less than uh, the MK Dons game, but there were 496 town, uh, fans there from the away team yesterday. Um, to be honest, it looked like a little bit less than that attendance again, Ollie. but there's no point in retreading old ground from last week. There are definitely some season ticket holders who are just staying away at the moment and, and it is what it is I guess yeah it is you see a lot of people don't you saying that they're not going in the moment it's mm. a bit boring um, hopefully the win maybe can entice them back um, but fingers crossed again, we'll, we'll come to this kind of topic I'm sure um, yep. we'll call so um, obviously we played Doncaster who um, were 11th going into the game um, in terms of their results um, a bit of a mixed bag away from mm. home four wins four draws and five defeats on the road so not a bad record not bad um, going into the game obviously it was quite um, different um, and I think this is a formation that I don't think we've actually played while we've been doing the podcast, Glenn. No. So a very popular formation in the last 10 years. 4-2-3-1 um, in attack, kind of a 4-4-1-1 in defence. Um, yeah. Obviously Lang and um, um, Lang pushing back um, on one flank and McClenney coming back on the other side. Um, so yeah, who, who played? So we had Leary in goal, Ramsey started right back. Um, Beckles went left back. He's our utility man, I'd say, at the moment. Mm. Um, Ebanks and Pierre in central defence. And Vela and um, Edwards in midfield with Lang, Laurent, McClenny and um, Udo um, up front. Yep. Um, so it was interesting to see Vela. Um, so he was born in Salford <laughs> yeah. and came through the Bolton youth system. He went to Hibs in the summer, but it hasn't really worked out. And then we signed him on a um, two and a half year deal. So, yeah, were you pleased to see him in the starting lineup? And what are your kind of thoughts on us playing um, a different formation and obviously not playing five at the back? There was a lot to unpack, wasn't there? When the team and the formation, the, the, you know, starting to look what the formation was, um, was announced pre-match. I mean, I was surprised to see Vela because you know Ricketts had been saying in the week that him, Wally, and uh, I can't remember one of the other players who was injured at the moment probably wasn't going to play, and so I definitely wasn't expecting to see him play, but. You know, we've been we've been saying for weeks now, plan A is not working, is it? You know, the 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 five at the back, the wing backs, we've just been getting a series of poor results in what have been generally poor football games. So I can't really argue and say anything other than fair play to Sam Rick is changing it. it. It needed to be done. Um something had to change. That week on the training pitch and the ability to actually work on something new, give us that plan B we've been asking for, and it 
produce such a positive result. Really, it's kind of worked out very, very well. But um, yeah, you talk about Beckles playing being the um, the utility player. You know, it's good to have a player like that, really, to be honest with you. Because in a back four, Ollie, you know, we we need someone who's got a bit of experience in playing in that. And I think you know Beckles has probably had that over his career more than say maybe I don't love as maybe as a wing back. So I, I don't know. The whole thing, the whole thing, kind of kind of worked well for me. Yeah, I I, I like Beckles and, and playing yep. left back. Um, it's he's not going to bomb forward as much. But if you've got one attacking fullback and one sits, it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. Nope. And then obviously, then we can cover an attack. So yeah, um, I think we'll we'll give we'll give um, the team and Ricketts benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, nice to try something different. Uh, clearly, clearly the formation wasn't working. No. Uh, but we'll come back to the formation and kind of question how big an impact it had um, mm-hmm. on the yeah. on the result. Um, but um, so I, I've watched this game back. Um, I've watched this game back in preparation for the pod. But you were at the game. I was driving yes. back. It's funny you mentioned the team. Actually, I was driving. I was driving, and my wife read out the team to me, and I was really puzzled <laughs> to what the team yeah. was and what was going on. And um, I said to Becky, "I'll go and have a look what Lewis Cox has done because he always does that graphic." And yeah, he'd gone for a back four, so that that helped me focus on the road. It was funny. I went to the surprisingly, considering how cold and windy it was on Saturday, um, I found my way to the uh, fan zone for an hour before and met up with uh, a friend of mine, John and uh, Andy and, and Jerry. So I had a had a pre match pint with them. And when the team news sort of got announced, and we, you know, it was one of those ones where it was kind of it was kind of everyone was trying to unpack where it was, and uh, it only reached the point where someone put, "Are we sure that Callum Lang is not playing right wing back? You know, <laughs> we're still going to play five at the back." But yeah, obviously, when it all kind of um, came out on the pitch, we kind of saw that it was four at the back. And I have to say, I was. I I was really pleased, and as soon as I saw that, I thought, right, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm actually actually bang into this. Yeah, they had some gave you some confidence going into it. It's fair to say, yeah. a lot of fans were quite pessimistic, but let's put in the context. Obviously, we had one in in ten. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a sad start to the game. Yeah, Harry Gregg obviously passed away in the week, didn't he? And, and, it, and someone that had an association with um, Shrewsbury Town as, as our manager for, for quite a while in the fifties, I think it was. Obviously, it was, was a, late sixties, wasn't late it? Late sixties, sorry. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm getting my, my ears mixed up. Obviously, part of the Munich air disaster and was an absolute hero during that thing. So I saw there was banners and an appreciation for what he did at Manchester United yesterday, and had an association with Doncaster as well. So uh, you know, a lot of the time you have these minutes silences, but they end up being applause, Ollie. But I have to say, it was a very very well respected minute silence like the whole stadium went quiet both sets of fans the whole thing was very well regarded and I think you know someone that's obviously had a big impact someone that's obviously had a big impact on our football club before our time Ollie but you know it's someone that has that that history with our football club and I think it's really nice when we, we remember the people that have passed away that that did big things for us so yeah it was a sad start to the game but um yeah as soon as, as soon as that minute silence went you got that big roar again and everyone was, was straight into the game so what was the conditions like Quite windy. <laughs> I think it was might be the windiest it's been in the last few weeks, Ollie. I know we've had a few games in the wind, but um, there was definitely a, a noticeable wind in the first half that was with um, with with town. To be honest with you, a lot of our balls forward kind of skipped forward out of play. So um, you know, there was a couple of times where even pacey players were trying to chase a ball down. It just sort of got blown out of play. So it wasn't raining though, so that was a bonus. It was just just quite windy and overcast, mate. Yeah, and it's funny because um, there's a bit of a false start if you had to change the ball, which is a, and is an odd one. Obviously, the ball was flat. Um, it was quite funny. The steward had it. He didn't know what to do with it. Um, and then eventually he went down the tunnel. But I think he was thought, well, I can't put it here because someone might take it and start using it again. So I thought it was quite funny. Uh, but I think it's fair to say, Shrewsbury had quite a bright start to the game. 
definitely. Felt to me, Ollie, very much like this is a change of formation, a change of style in some respects, and they were out to impress and they wanted to to start well and show that, you know, this is something we can do now. That that period that's just gone, we're going to try and put it behind us as much as we possibly can today. And I thought that the, the high press was really impressive straight away. A um, bit more pace because Ado was up front, some of the balls there, and, and the whole thing seemed a little bit more, you know... Uh, I'm not going to say entertaining because I don't think that's quite the right word, but it definitely a little bit more. If we've been if we've been using the word passive all season, Ollie, it was the other one. It was more dynamic for sure. A bit more energetic. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it was funny. I was going to ask you about the pressing because obviously you watch it on on, on online and you watch it at yeah. an angle, which is good for certain things because you can see the shape quite well and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously it's hard to sometimes see because they do like to zoom in. So it's interesting you say that we were pressing um, quite a lot. Um, and who was key to that pressing? Uh, McElhaney, particularly Lang as well. So those two coming out from their angles, I thought Odo kept them as busy as he possibly could. So obviously those three. Um, the other midfielders were tending to sit back a little bit as, as the game evolved. Edwards, I thought, was quite big as well, wasn't he? True he enough, was a yeah. big, You kind of lead in the line in terms of pressing. Yeah, I'm thinking of pressing the back line. You know, Edwards yeah. was doing a lot of pressing in midfield and, and coughing balls up. And interestingly, a little bit like when Wickham came to the Meadow a few weeks back, Ollie, we talked about how they really, really wanted to play out from the back. And you just had this feeling that it was going to cause them a lot of trouble. Doncaster were like that. They played out from the back every single time from, from what I can remember. And um, they got away with a couple, I thought, in that opening spell where we almost nicked something back really high up the pitch. Um, we did do a couple of times as well, but there was a few more where we, we almost kind of got them into trouble. So I, when I saw how we were pressing and how they were trying to play, I thought, yeah, that's good. That'll be good for us. Yeah, they were better than NK Dons, I think that's fair to say. They were better than Wickham, yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, yeah, it was quite a bright start, really. Ado did a really good turn and a cross. Um, yes. But it was but it was a well caught save by the goalkeeper um, after Lauren had a shot, um, so that was quite good to see Ado getting in. It was interesting Lauren playing that kind of number ten role. Um, which I thought was quite surprising actually, given the number of players that we have, that he kind of went for Lauren there. But I can think you can see why. Um, but I think it's worth just kind of mentioning about the shape. It wasn't a wide um, kind of four two three one, was no. it? We weren't no. playing with two out and out wingers stretching the pitch. No. Um, both both wingers Lank and McElhaney were really narrow. Yeah, it was all through the middle, um, and and with a focus on that. But everyone worked really hard when they went out wide. You know, the 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 sort of wider the, the Lang and McElhaney did t- kind of track their man and, and work it all the way back. I remember in the first half there was one where Lang had worked back into the right back position. You, you know, you don't naturally want to see him there too much, but obviously that was fulfilling that role within the formation we were playing. And, and he's a hard worker, and he can put a tackle in. So it, it does make sense in terms of playing him in that role and him being able to do the backwards and forwards elements of it. So yeah, in terms of in terms of setting us up in the one I have to say you know I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this right at the end but you could see as well as it started that this tactic is not something we should be afraid of playing you know we look just as solid at the back really in, in respect to the whole game playing just four defenders as we have done with five so you know Ricketts will have to learn a big lesson from this for sure yeah, you'd hope so. I'm mm. be interested to see how he responds to this, obviously, with Tuesday yeah. night coming up. And Mickey Nano, who does like a back three, so it'd be interesting to see what we do. But I think it's fair to say, we, I'd say first half, um, we probably had probably shaded it. Um, so we had a couple a of opportunities. Um, really good through ball to McElhaney, but it was saved by the Rovers goalkeeper. 
um, in terms of yeah, we saved by the goalkeeper under pressure from us, but that's where they had one of their where is interesting actually. James had a bit of complaints about the goalkeepers in terms of getting a lot of decisions these days, which I think is fair <laughs> comment, and yeah. which kind of saved them there. And then there was a really good opportunity where um, Laurent did a good cross, um, but Ado couldn't get enough um, of it on it. Um, but it was good defending um, by Town, and it was all created by a Laurent run. Um, I think it's fair to say we we did look balanced and we looked quite comfortable in this formation. We did. In, Laurent had an interesting half for me. He did some really, really good stuff. And then he had a period for about God, 15 minutes where he stank the place out. He, 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 he made all the wrong decisions when we were countering them a couple of times. And he played some really poor passes. One straight out of play, one over here. I think one went straight out for a goal kick. And, and it was just at that point where you thought Doncaster might get more of a grip into the game because we were kind of letting him off the, off the leash a little bit, you know, in terms of that early pressure. I think Laurent, to be fair to him, did steady the ship after that little ropey spell and he played really well second half, to be fair. But yeah, at one point you were wondering where we were going and we talk about these chances. There was a few more chances to talk about. I, I do think Doncaster were, as much as we beat them 1-0, I actually think they were one of the better teams we played this season. I thought they were very neat, tidy. They really wanted to play football um, and, and they looked quite good going forward on the counter-attack. They didn't quite get it together, but I suspect that's not a regular problem or it's probably the reason why they signed someone like Faye, that they need a finisher at the end of all their nice play because there was a lot of times when they carried on us pretty impressively. Yeah, well, I think it's fair to say as we go through this, um, O'Leary was busy. Yeah, um, especially the second half. Um, yeah. And they did create quite a few chances um, of their own. Um in terms of our chances in this half, really nice bit of play, but Edwards starts a counter-attack and Langer's in on goal, but just yep. gets tackled well for a corner. Um, and just before that as well, there was a, a good a good pounding by Edwards, Vela Fuller running, a land cross, but nothing kind of happened. I actually used a, a, a Stuart Duncomp, a phrase, nothing doing from that cross. Um, <laughs> is one of those kind of attacks. And again, kind of consistent with what we've seen this season, um, you know, a lot of play into the final third but kind of final ball was quite lacking and Bang yeah it's Holly. interesting yeah. when you were talking about Lauren um, in terms of his struggling I think it is with the way we were playing is very direct and we got the ball forward very quickly um, which I think can mean that the players look a bit clumsy on a bit of a bobby pitch because we're playing balls into them they've got to try and control them um, and yeah I, I don't know I just think it's, it's, a, it's a hard tactic sometimes to play uh, maybe I'm being a bit too generous but when you're playing yeah. really fast attacking direct football like that um, it just kind of means that the, the chance of error and, and getting tackled or losing the ball is kind of higher than if you play a possession-based bit of play, if that makes sense. I think that's a fair comment. I don't think that's what Lawrence suffered from in that period I was talking about. It was more, and, and he wasn't the only one, and you just described it, I think I said bang on when you described it, in that like the rest of the season, the decision-making around the edge of the box in the first half was the only thing really letting us down in the attacking positions. And, and you know, if they'd have made the right decisions or played the right pass, we probably could have got in and, and got a goal in the first half. But we were, we were left with some of the more difficult chances, I suppose, from the way that we play. And Lawrence was at fault for that, but Edwards was a little bit first half as well. There was a couple of passes that looked on, and he, and he went for the maybe safe option or, or he made a mistake um, so maybe it's harsh to single out Laurent for, for that but yeah I think it's going to take them a little bit of time to transition into playing the game in a slightly different way a week on the training pitch has obviously paid off this week and, and we've been able to play it in a way that was competitive if we're going to stick with this they'll need to keep training and training and training with this now and I'm sure it'll get better and better and better if um, if the confidence gets up yeah definitely there's a couple of other moments just to kind of discuss this before we kind of close this half out um, mm. there was a, a pen claim McElhaney went down um, and then there was a foul given against him um, I can only assume that was for obstruction as he went down on the ball I don't remember this Ollie <laughs> so <laughs> no it's one of, those, one of those ones I remember there was a bit of a hoo-ha in the box yeah. I don't think I don't think the fans went really that mad about it on the day Ollie no, wasn't something didn't. that sticks in my mind but I think when you're watching the highlights back things look, look, look a bit more more um, obvious don't they was it a penalty oh, yeah. then? 
No, I don't think so. No, no, no I don't think so. No, it was um, it was one of the yeah in this period of the game from kind of twenty five minutes on to the end of the half. It was a it was a a highlight, but yeah, not a lot happened. And then the thirty fifth <laughs> minute, um, Laurent fell oh, yeah. into orbit. That that kind of I'm not sure where that landed, but that went quite far. He almost hit the DM recruitment uh, sign, like loved it. Are they doing uh, bets? You think is like a crossbar <laughs> challenge? Hey, I was watching. Um, who was it? I was watching on Friday night. I think it was. Derby County versus someone and um, Tom Lawrence had a shot and he must have been like 16 yards out and he got so under it he cleared the roof of Derby County Stadium which Whoa. apparently had, had not been done before so hey Josh Lawrence <laughs> okay it wasn't as bad as that shot that Tom Lawrence had so um, yeah I mean that, that did I think that shot kind of summed up our finishing in the first half, I'm honest with you. And, um, you know, you were encouraged. You could see the way we were building. You could see it was different. It wasn't totally edgy, seat exciting, but it was better than what we were watching. And I think that you just wanted us to find that last pass or that last that last little finish that would, would kind of have capped off a, a, a slightly more impressive performance than we've seen in recent weeks, I suppose. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah, it was... Yeah, without saying too much about the, to- the whole performance, maybe we'll leave that, that kind of yeah, yeah, point yeah, to sure. the end. Um, but I'll ask you, Glenn. Obviously, you were at the ground for those who weren't at the game. What was the kind of atmosphere like at halftime, and what was the kind of yeah murmurings on the on the terraces at the break? I, I left two minutes in before the half because I wanted a burger. I'd missed out on getting one pre-match, so I missed the last two minutes of half. But when I came back in, I think there was a sense of sort of a mild surprise and, and being pleased really that. I don't think anyone, honestly, I don't think anyone was expecting us to have changed the tactics so drastically and, and to start to be a bit more, um, you know, impressive on our home patch and, and maybe try and dominate the game. At the same time, a lot of people were saying, well, we haven't had much of the ball there. And, and, and I know at half time we'd had some pretty low percentage of, of, of in terms of the, the possession. So, and, and also, I think people were concerned about Doncaster and where they were going to counter on us because they did look good. So I think it was one of those ones that was like, oh, you, you kind of. A bit frustrated that we hadn't scored the goal, but also thinking, you know what, this is better than we've been doing in recent weeks. And if we can just kind of find that last thing, like I said a minute ago, that pass, we, we would be in business. So I think people were generally happy, the ones I talked to, to be honest with you, Ollie. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was a better, bit better performance. Probably not as good as yeah. that Rochdale away. Um, we have had, a, you know, we have they had the poor, odd. Though. Yeah, they were poor. We've had the odd, odd shining light in this break, but yeah, it's been pretty dire. Um, but mm. I think fair to say, um, to give um, credit to the players, um, second half we came out with a, with a bang again. Um, started really brightly. Um, a Vela cross, but Lang can get a clean strike on it. I think he'll be. I bet he lost a bit of sleep about that one last night because <laughs> he really, really should have done better. And you'd expect yeah. him to do better with that. Um, and then Lang was involved again. Um, he did a good cross, but um, Laurent fired over from inside the box. Um, and yeah, I guess you were probably quite pleased at this point, Glenn. Two minutes in, and we were you know getting opportunities um, in the final third again. Yeah, and and I think that a lot of this, and we'll, we'll talk about Edwards again because obviously we'll get to his goal in a minute. But he, he was inspired second half for me, Dave Edwards, before he got injured and went off. Um, he really kind of seemed to be the one driving them on, and he's obviously captain now since Norman's been injured. And I think it's a really good role for him. And everything you want from a captain, you kind of got second half. The energy, the passion. He was fine into tackles, which then seemed to inspire others around him to do the same. The lads were putting their bodies on the line. You know, there was no shirking responsibility. There was a a team unity, and you could kind of see that from the way we came out. To play the second half there was a again it felt a little bit like we're here we want to do this for you guys we want to do it for ourselves and and we want to do it for Ricketts there was a general feeling in terms of the way that they came out for that second half for me that kind of made me think do you know what we, we could well do this <laughs> yeah there was definitely a bite and um, I think yeah. it's probably worth having the discussion now actually um throughout this whole 10 game period um I haven't seen fans talk about it and maybe Maybe it's almost worth talking about because I haven't seen fans talk about it. I say the players have definitely been with the management the whole team, the whole time throughout this this run. Mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't yeah, say any players have dropped their efforts. And it doesn't look like, you know, sometimes people, when you have results go badly for people, I don't know, people like to or tend to sometimes come up, you know, he's lost the dressing room and all that kind of malarkey. But I would never say that that's, that's been the case throughout this period. We don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to think he'd lost a couple at certain A couple points. frustration players. Yes, but I think exactly. in terms of effort, players hadn't, you know, down tools or anything like that. Mm, uh, yeah, there's a few games where I was vastly disappointed in their performances, but I would put that down to their own professionalism rather than trying to stitch a manager up, do you know what I mean? And we're a small little football club, and I, I do believe that you generally get squad unity at Shrewsbury Town Football Club because it is an us-against-the-rest-of-the-world kind of situation sometimes, and I, I think that generally seems to happen. It, it's really difficult to predict exactly what's been going on in their dressing room, and, and clearly at times certain things didn't seem right and things weren't going right, but... You know, this game has dispelled any issues with squad unity and how the how those players that played on Saturday feel about the manager. Didn't you know? We'll get to the goal later on, but obviously, what happened at the end of that kind of kind of helps yeah. to dispel that, doesn't it? Yeah, I, my, my personal opinion is I think that the players have been pretty much with the manager the whole time. Obviously, there a few moments where obviously Lang was frustrated when he got substituted, but I think that's more personal frustration rather than frustration with the manager. Um, but yeah, it's interesting discussion point anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, came up on Twitter this week. Um, I think it's worth saying, you know, we've, in the first half we didn't talk about Rovers too much. We need to talk about them now. Um, they had a really, really good counter attack um, and a superb save from O'Leary. Brilliant. Um, stopped, um, stopped them scoring. And I thought it was just worth interesting. That's a really interesting bit of play. This we're playing with two central midfielders, but quite often they were out of position. So it's often you had Vela on the right and Edwards pushing forward. And mm. you'd think we're playing two central midfielders. One of them would be sitting a bit, and I kind of expected that to be Vela, but. Um, it was interesting. One um, that they were they were out of position. I thought quite a bit. Um, but secondly, as well, I think it was really, in, really, in, really pleasing to see that everyone really, really tracked back when they countered. Everyone really worked really hard to to defend and work as a team. I think that's fair, and I think the second half for me was a very entertaining game of football. You know, the first half was was a bit more attritional, but but better than we've been seeing in recent weeks. Second half was entertaining, and I think a lot of that goes to the fact that both teams seem to play a very gun ho attitude towards the game. If I'm honest with you, you know, both desperately wanting a win for very various reasons, and both more than willing to commit more men forward than possibly would have been done in a, in a more tense and and strategic game, really. And and that that counter from Rovers was just one of a few where you know every time they countered on us, you worried about what was going to happen. They looked dangerous, and Ennis was pretty decent. Coppinger did okay, and they brought another lad on later on who seemed okay. Um, but then when we counted on them, it was straight back down the other end. It was at, at times it was a little bit basketball esque. Uh, I think you know I think Ricketts has used that before, and it and it made it a good watch. To be fair, yeah, it was certainly um, back and forth. Um, yeah, and we had one of the so game is kind of flowing on now. Um, we had a really nice bit of play. And one of the rare passages of passing football, actually, where I started on the right with Lang um, to Laurent to Vela, and then Pierre goes on a bit of a mazy run, um, but unfortunately it breaks down <laughs> with, with Ado. Um, and then on the 58th minute, um, Ado um, does a really, really nice bit of um, hold-up play, um, passes out to, to Beckles, to McElhaney, and put a cross in, but no one can get onto it. Um, and the result would have been a, a follow-up shot for McElhaney, but it was saved. Mm. Um, and a nice little bit of play um, but unfortunately at this point uh, McLean he got injured well, yeah, I was about to just say that. Soon, around about that point, you got injured. and he'd been really good as well. Macaulay, you know, consistently through through both halves. Um, 
better in the second half as we as we pushed on just for an injury. It just felt a little bit like it's typical, isn't it? We've we've got one good player in over Christmas at least. You know, we could talk about Vela later on, who was also looking impressive. But McElhaney's been good in all his performances so far. He's been one of those more attacking players that's enabled us to change this formation. In all honesty, and what happens? He's going, he goes off injured after what four or five games. So I haven't heard anything about his injury, but fingers crossed that's not anything significant because without a number ten, you then start to worry about how that kind of formation works a little bit because we've seen Wally in there and. Uh, I wouldn't fancy that again. So he is pretty key to us continuing to play like we play now. Yeah, unless you swap Lang onto the other side and, and if Wally was fit, but you definitely need suppose, a replacement yeah. um, if he's going to come in, um, if he's going to come and play. But yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's a bright spark and we definitely can't afford for him to be injured. Um, yeah, maybe I'm over getting that influence actually, to be fair, the way we played on Saturday, thinking about it. He wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, you're, I guess so, you're, you're so right. ingrained with the three yeah, at the back. Yeah. yeah, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> we, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if we go back to that quite quickly. Um, so I have to watch. Just typical, though, isn't it? See, see how we see how we play. But Goss came on and he then sat a bit, which was not too surprising actually, given how, as I've already alluded to, how much space we were given in front of our back and um, back two. <laughs> it's not surprising considering that's all he ever does, Ollie. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's he's a decent mid player to fill there. And then we kind of then, for, I'd say, we kind of went to a four five one four three three um, formation, four five one in defence, and um, four three three. A bit um, a bit Paul esque into that kind of style of formation. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, there's a few good reactions here. Then um, O'Leary cleared the ball off the line from a corner. Oh, really good reactions yeah. from him there. Um, Pierre goes on this big Maisie dribble and has a shot, but nothing comes. Um, and then we get to the goal, um, which was a, yep. a good bit of play. And I think it's just worth pointing out, Ado deserves a lot of credit for this. Um, I'm not sure if it would have been easy to spot in real time, um, because essentially what Odo does is he works really, really hard and wins a throw-in for Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah. Um, throw taken um, Lang gets the ball crosses it he does a really really good bit of play here Lang um, and Edwards the back post to head it in cue superb celebrations which I'll oh. let you describe yeah it was amazing just you know the fact it was Edwards as well but yeah I, I did see it on, 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 on the day in terms of him winning that throw for a doe and actually I saw it throughout the whole game he didn't stop chasing everything down and he was again a really really impressive in terms of that lone striker role so I'm giving him a load of credit really but yeah on to the goal it was a, a good little dink cross and you just just classic late arriving Dave Edwards wasn't it and as soon as he scored everyone was like it's Dave it's Dave and everyone got mad really good celebrations all around because obviously pressure relief of a goal and going ahead and everything but being being Dave made it that bit special and then he just ran he just ran off didn't he, he went on this big massive run around the goal then he ends up and a whole players fo- followed him over to the the coaching staff first and then Ricketts joins in and it was just it was a really crystallizing moment of if we're going to do anything and, and you know kick on the season and make it a good end to the season, it could be a really, really big moment. That And it, it kind of was a goal kind of finished in Shropshire for the Shropshire club. It was just a really, really nice moment. We've been waiting for this goal for Dave Edwards for weeks and, well, months, haven't we? What is it, 18 months he's, he's been here now, I suppose. We've been waiting for Dave to get one finally. And it was a really good moment, Ollie. I bet guys you missed it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's funny. He's been here for a year, didn't he? Because he came in the January transfer enough, last yes. year. And um, we've been waiting for his first um, league goal and his return um, for a exactly. while. Um, yeah. And yeah, I watched it back. And I have to say, I had a bit of a smile on my face watching it go in um, and watching his celebrations. Brilliant. Um, you know, while we have been um, negative and critical of what has been a really, really tough 10-game period. Ten period. Rubbish, uh, the football's right? been yeah. really, really dire. 
Um, yeah, you know, we definitely we enjoyed we drew the goal at Mil and Kedons and certainly enjoyed this one. Yeah, I'm glad I, I I'm I'm glad I got to see it at least, and I, it was nice to actually watch the full celebrations. And it was good to see how the staff celebrated. So we jumped on the the members of the staff, and then Ricketts joined in, and um, um, Laurent was giving um, the manager a big hug. And yeah, it was good to see in that that unity which people were kind of alluding to. And so a few people, and that's why I kind of mentioned it earlier on. There was a few fans mentioning that. You know the fans have been kind of having a go at the manager and the teams and stuff, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a good it's a good celebration, and hopefully it can be a bit of a reset. Um, it's, yeah. just, it's just one result, but hopefully it can it can spur us on to something else and give the players a bit more confidence. Yeah, so we've been here with Ricketts before, though, haven't we? And I know we'll probably talk about this a bit more, but there's been good wins where you thought that'll kick us on. So I'm I'm loath to go too far down the line. I'm I'm happy to talk about this game in isolation, but you know, and and the moment for Dave was brilliant, and and. No one, does, no one deserved to score that goal more in that game than Dave Edwards. He was absolutely flying into everything, chasing everything down. It meant so much for him to end that run, for his football club to not be in this situation. You know, We've talked about how much he loves Shrewsbury Town. Clearly, it means so much more to him just by watching that performance. And, you know, it will get to what happened next because he didn't stop. He just kept going and going and and running into everything and ends up getting a massive injury and, and going off because of it. But he was very... He was Mr. Captain Shropshire for the game. And um, I'm glad that his injury turns out not to be as bad as it is. It looks like he's just got a, a large cut, Ollie, which yeah. should mean he'll be back pretty quickly. Because, to be honest, if anyone thinks that Dave Edwards' legs have gone, I will point to that performance on Saturday where he did not stop going and he did not stop running. And he has definitely got the legs to play 90 minutes in League One every week. Oh, definitely. Definitely, he's he's yeah. been getting stronger and fitter. Um, For sure. and it just kind of shows, isn't it? Um, we do get a bit frustrated when we sign players that aren't like fully fit, but it just shows, doesn't it, how All long it takes to get a player back up to full match um, yeah. fitness and um, he has been superb and for me he's one of the 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 positives um, that we've been able to talk about in the last and since basically all year obviously this is the first league win of the year um, and having Dave Edwards playing and, and it's having that connection um, you know to the fans in terms of a, a, one of our own um, yeah it, it was superb and let's talk about it now so um, on the 80th minute um, he's he's tra- he's closing down the fullback. He's yep. way out of position. He's not playing Massive. central midfield at this point. Um, but obviously, that's one of the benefits of Goss coming on that he, he knew he could do this. Um, yeah, and he seemed to like get caught by the fullback. Um, mm. He went off, and then he was strapped upon the bench with load of ice. Um, and as you alluded to, Eddie, it was a cut. So whether he'll be f- available to play on Tuesday, we don't know. But yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> He should, he should be able to just have Tuesday off. I mean, we're only playing bloody tram here. If we lose them at home without Dave Edwards, then we've got big problems still. But um, yeah, you'd, you'd hopefully rest him up and get him ready for Bristol Rovers away next week, where obviously from last season, he's obviously got a bit of an amends to make because he came off the bench, got sent off straight away, didn't he, Ollie? So yeah, it'd be nice for him to go back to Bristol Rovers and, and do some business. But it was really unfortunate. And, and he got a massive stand innovation for the fans, Ollie, when he went off. And just him chasing the ball around and, and running around like a loon and showing that passion and commitment for his football club, it got the crowd going. There were so many times when people were up off the seats cheering what he was doing and kind of getting excited and, and sort of, um, you know, off the off their seats, which we haven't been doing for ages. So, yeah, I want to see more mad Dave Edwards running around the rest of the season. It's it's highly entertaining. It's funny you mention that because I think that inspired other players to kind of really put that kind of performance in. Um, yeah. And there was a good bit of play from Lang where he had a volley um, blocked. It was a really good shot, actually, but he got blocked. Rovers tried to counterattack, but um, Lang ran back. And then he did this really good slide tackle, classic, you know, fullback kind of um, slide tackle. Um, and then he kind of gets up and he roars to the crowd um, in front of the West Stand. And yeah. it just kind of showed how, how much they really wanted the win. And also just shows how, you know, how committed the players were to getting, getting, getting the three points. 
Let's bring me back to that meeting we had with Sam Ricketts, Ollie, where he was very at pains to point in both of them that he won't put out a team that doesn't stop running and chasing and working hard. And to be fair, during this period of 10 games where we've had too many, for him, too many games every week, we haven't seen that, have we, Ollie? There's been a, a few times where, into the last 25 minutes, we've just not been at the races, gilling them away, um, Doncaster, that, that, you know, that Liverpool game even for certain extents. To me, this it does show that he's signed players that will fit that mould. And if you look at the last few weeks, the players he've tried to impress in that respect are Lang, are Edwards, and are Rideau. I think they're definitely the three. Maybe McElhaney as well. They are the sorts that will run for 90 minutes and 93 minutes and beyond it if you need to. And I think they're the sorts of players he's been desperate to get in the team regularly, working hard and, and you know playing in, in their formation, whether it be what we were playing before or this formation. It's the, it's Those are the types of players... We haven't seen it enough this season compared to what he said it was going to be doing, but you, you can kind of see that that's what he's trying to do, isn't it, I think? Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. And and in this game, we obviously we were able to get the victory. Um, yeah. It is to kind of coin a, a Mickey, Mickey Mellon phrase, fine margins in these games. Um, it was, close definitely. At times. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of worth kind of getting maybe a draw in this game to end. There was mm-hmm. two amazing saves from O'Leary, one in the sucked yard box and another one on the 88th minute from distance. Unbelievable. Um, so yeah, a couple of things. So one, there was some handbags um, before full time. Um, and yeah, how did you feel with the game closing in and what was the reaction? Well, first, first of all, there was a lot of handbags during the whole bloody game, to be honest with you. There was one just at, just at half time as well, wasn't there? And there was a few other bits during the game. There was obviously something going on there, a little bit of needle, whether something had happened that we didn't pick up as, as fans. So that was hilarious at the end because it just wasted time. So that was fine for us. <clears throat> I wasn't that nervous about the end because I just felt like Doncaster were pretty decent at, at kind of coming forward and almost unpicking us quite a few times. So it just felt like watching the rest of the game, you know, obviously trying to defend the win at the end, I suppose, makes it a bit more nervous. But they didn't play any better than they did during the rest of the game and at the end the, the, I think the, the, the feeling at the end was just thank God they got over the line and, and they got a win they've ended this sequence and you can start to if you want to be positive and you're the cup half full person start to look at where we can go positives rather than the last few weeks where it's just been so difficult to do that Ollie yeah it was it was yeah the handbags was quite funny um, and it was yeah. good to get over that line um, it was yeah, it was it was encouraging. We've talked about um, the opposition already, um, so we don't really say to say too much there. Apart from, I'd say Ramsey in their team is someone to keep an eye on on loan yeah. from Villa. He's a really good, good player. Well, I thought Coppinger pulled, pulled the strings as he always, yeah. usually does against us. He's a very wily old character. Obviously, he went off in the second half, so um, that helped us a little bit. But um, I thought Ennis was good as well, Ollie. I will say, you know, a player that didn't really get much time at us due to injury. He was hard working, you know, kept running at our players and, and making them think about what they were doing. I thought he was a decent player at this level. As I just said before, I th- you can see why they signed Faye. They need a finisher. Faye's shown to be a finisher for us, hasn't he, as well as offering some other bits. Um, so I think that, you know, with Faye and their team and, and, and those players playing like they do, they've they're definitely got a shot at the playoffs, Doncaster. Yeah, they're definitely a good team. A team in yeah. transition, um, potentially Shrewsbury in transition as well, um, obviously with a new manager. But he certainly tries to play good football. Yeah, um, and definitely. yeah. Obviously, their fans were quite confident of getting the result. Didn't happen, um, but on another day, um, they could have they could have easily scored. Like they hit the post. There was lots of saves from O'Leary. Yeah, um, they did. And it's worth just so I'll let you go first. So, kind of, what was your kind of overall view of that game? As I just said, I mean, I was just glad they got the job done. Frankly, you know, it, I, I'm you know as much as it's been. I don't know. We've been able to uh, talk about these losses in a sort of a manner that's ex- exercising our demons and our frustrations. I've been wanting this run end one run to end for a long time now, Ali. So I'm just glad they got it done. 
I was glad to see that Ricketts can change his style and tactics given time and a bit of time on the training pitch. That's impressive for me. We can we can try and do something a bit different now. I'm still worried about certain things with that tactic. I thought, as I say, we got broke on quite a lot and, and you know, it could have gone another way that game if, if, if Max doesn't make that save in the first half, then potentially we go one nil down and, and it and it and it falls apart. But um I thought the defence looked just as solid with, with four there as five and um in general, I was just I was just happy to get a win, Ollie. I suppose I I probably lamented that. I should have just said I was very happy to get the win. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely happy to get the win. Um, I think one of the things that has been kind of um, maybe given as criticism to Ricketts is his kind of stubbornness in terms of formation and stuff. Um, well, maybe yeah. maybe he's been waiting for that week. Um, so obviously context is important. We don't know the backstory, but having that week has meant that we've gone back for the back. So that's something, I guess. Um, whether, I don't mean, I don't know how much the formation played in this this overall result. I think it was massive, Ollie, if I'm honest with you. I, I think that just having one more player in an attacking position is is massive. It, it pro- promotes more of an attacking mindset. It promotes more of an attacking um, ability. More men up there. There were more options. It was it was easier to watch. It stopped us playing it around the back so much. We hardly played it around the back at all in the game, Ollie. You know. The, the slow kind of ponderous football we've seen for weeks. I think that it did exercise a lot of the things that we've complained about when we talk about a lack of entertainment. We still not scored a lot of goals. I totally agree with you. And the game was much more open than probably Ricketts would have wanted it. But it was generally much better to watch it. And for me, that's that's the tactics. I, I know the players stepped it up a little bit and, and would be better than last few weeks. But for me, I think that playing four at the back just makes you more open and, and liable to let more in, for sure, but it does make it more enjoyable when you're attacking because it gives ability for more players to get up there. That, that's my view on it. I, I honestly think that four at the back is, is more entertaining to watch. Yeah, definitely. I definitely personally prefer four at the back. It's, I think it's a bit more flexible um, in terms yep. of how you kind of evolve in a game. Um, I thought overall it was quite a scrappy game. Um, yeah, it, true. It was, it, was, it was end-to-end, but it wasn't oh, yeah, really high in quality. The ref, I thought, kind of... <laughs> Broke up play a lot. Oh, God, um, yeah. Very pinnickety. Um, as we've kind of talked about, Town got the ball forward really fast, playing those channel balls. Um, and I think we were a bit sloppy in possession, as you've alluded to. Um, in terms of passes, yeah. um, we wasn't highly, we weren't doing a lot of passes. I um, mean, they nearly did. Well, they did 494, we did 284. And they had wow. 60% possession, we had a 36. Yeah. So they definitely dominated possession. In terms of kind of long balls, we did 78. So we did quite a few getting the ball forward quickly, as we've alluded to. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to that entertainment factor you're talking about, Glenn, and having more, we did have 17 shots, which yep. is higher than we have in, in recent weeks. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a good summary of, of kind of where we are um, after that game. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing for me is captured on, uh, you know, I can't come here on this Sunday night now to talk about this game in anything other than a glad the run's finished, glad we got a win. I'm really pleased for us this season that it's another point towards, let's just, you know, we're pretty much safe anyway, aren't we? But it's it's another point on that run. However, it's captured in the same way as every other result where we get a win and you think that might be the one to kick on. If we go and lose to Tranmere or we go and get a draw and lose to Bristol Rovers, and we maybe revert back to a different tactic. There's a lot that could happen in the next few weeks that might make this the outlier result and the outlier formation and the, the, the odd thing. And why didn't we stick with that? Like, we why didn't we have another go with two strikers when we, we did so well in that second half against Accrington? So this whole positive chat is kind of captured around the wider picture of what happens in the next few weeks. But it's happened. It's the starting point of something, hopefully, or it isn't. And we'll kind of reflect on that, I suppose, in next week's podcast, won't we? 
Yeah, and that's a really nice segue to, um, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Busy got captured by the Shropshire Star doing a video. I did, It was yes. an interesting conversation with the guy who supports Lewis Cox, his name's David, um, and he seemed a bit surprised that um, the fans weren't a bit more positive about that result and that performance. Mm. And I thought maybe um, Busy, I um, hope he doesn't mind using the quotes, um, and he, he was a longer sentence, he was like a 30 second kind of um, section, but I was going to use kind of the most poignant ones. Um, he said there's a lot, not nothing going on. He said there's nothing going on in terms of the in terms of the play. He said the tactics are a slight improvement. Um, but I think this kind of sums up where not all fans are, and obviously we we can't talk for all fans. We can talk for ourselves. For sure. Busy said in 12 months' time, nothing will improve under Ricketts, and I think that's kind of where I am in, in the sense that. We need now, not that I won't, I'm not saying nothing can't improve, I don't agree with that, but that there is that question, and that's where I agree with Busy, it's that question mm. about whether things can improve. Um, Sam Rickers has been here for quite a while now, he's had three um, transfer windows. Yes, he's signed good players, Vela was definitely a positive, and it's a sign that and you know, in terms of the calibre of players he's trying to sign. What we need to see now and what's going to turn the fans around is just pure results and some more entertaining football. Um, yeah. And one, as you said, one result isn't going to change everyone's opinion. And no. it's going to make people happier. And it's obviously great to get that clean sheet and great to get a goal and great to get a win. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's potentially a small building block or it could be nothing. Yeah, I mean, if you were a Ricketts out person, Saturday isn't going, to, isn't going to change your mind because it's just it's one result from 11. You'll still look at the negatives of it, won't you? I mean, for me, I can understand where Busy's coming from. We, we, nothing will improve under Ricketts, but I suppose, really, realistically, you've got to ask yourself the, the, the really simple question is, would this position, or roughly this position, you know, in League One, be okay for Shrewsbury Town Football Club's hierarchy to be sticking with Ricketts? Because, yeah, maybe nothing will improve. Maybe we'll all just be a lower half, you know, upper half League One team. And, making a bit of money at FA Cup runs. To be honest with you, if that's the case, there is zero point in sacking him, if that's what Shrewsbury Town want, and the fans will just have to bite it. And the only thing that would ever change it is if we went on a really, really terrible run, three or four more worse than we had now, or crowds really, really, really dropped off when we come to sell season tickets. So there'll be the judgments for the football club. I can understand where Busy's coming from. That We might not improve. We might just stay exactly as we are. But, you know, it, the, the proof's in the pudding the rest of the season for me with Ricketts. It's time to show that next stage, what else he's got in terms of tactics. He's got enough players here to, to be competing with most League One teams for me and it's time to show it now. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a good segue to when earlier in the season I was trying to talk about the positives and we're building something. Obviously, the, the spell that we've had and the, the run that we've been has kind of got rid of... Killed it. We, yeah, we're basically, we're on par with last season really um, yeah. in terms of in terms of progress. Um, and yeah, well, the rest of the season now is, is, is really preparation for next season, isn't it? Yep, yep. Probably Harry Burgoyne will be in goal soon. I keep saying this, but there we go. I mean, we'll just run through our top threes, Ollie, and, yep. and kind of wrap up some bits from this game. I mean, my, my top three was same as, I think, what the sponsors gave Max O'Leary man of the match. I mean, as much as we, we were better going forward, let's be brutally honest about it. Without some of those really, really good saves, we've lost that game and we haven't kept our first clean sheet this year. So Max O'Leary, clearly man of the match for me. Dave Edwards, clearly second, though, and not by much. He was, he was imperious, as I kept saying. He had a really, really good game. And I gave Lang third because he just didn't stop running. But it's a bit harsh on a doe that and a little bit harsh on McElhaney. Um, and potentially harsh on two of the centre-backs because, you know, slightly different formation. They're not used to playing it. I mean, you couldn't really question either the centre-backs, Ollie. They both had really good games. Cool, cool. Yeah, I can't really agree. I disagree in terms of man of the match. I went for Edwards. 
Maybe it's okay. just the romantic, yeah. romanticism of him <laughs> scoring the goal. Um, but I thought his effort and his, his commitment and stuff was fantastic. Um, really good news that he's he's not hasn't got a serious injury. Yeah, O'Leary was superb, and we've I went for Lang as well. Um, so just a little different order. Yeah, and uh, there's a few players we didn't talk about. I mean, we mentioned yeah. how good Vela was in for a debut. He did have a really he good did have debut, a good and, game, yeah. and I'm sure we will talk about him more as, as the season goes on now and seeing what he's got for for the rest of the time he's with us. As I said, the centre backs were really good. Um, Ramsey looks a decent little right back. Ollie he didn't really do too much wrong. Was was quite pacey. Went, we went with his man when he when he had to. Um, and Beckles just did a Beckles, just did what he needed yeah, to do. Really. So yeah, and, and it's, I alluded to it earlier, um, and the reason that is because I knew I had a stat in terms of um, basically forty nine percent of our attacks came down the right, and then and then the remainder um, two quarters were down the middle and the left. So if Ramsey starts there, um, it's definitely going to be a focal area for us going forward. And that right back position with Beckles sitting back a bit more, which is fine, and that's that's a good fair, it's a sensible tactic to to employ. Yeah, and. I would just say I didn't listen to Sam Ricketts post match because we won. I thought, do you know what? I'm just like the last few weeks. I've been so gypped off with this bad run that I've ended up going on Twitter and venting my spleen and seeing what everyone else had to say. I thought, do you know, what? I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to go home and you know, having a bit of a nice chilled hey evening. I'm going to just kind of leave the football chat for once. So I didn't even listen to his post match, Charlie. So you can run us through this. Cool. So um, he said it's been a, it's great to have a week off. Um, the players got reward for efforts in this tough period, and mm. hopefully we're at this sticky patch and performances have been good. Some performances have been good, Fingers some crossed. have been poor. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Edward's goal was perfect. Definitely agree with him there. And there was this <laughs> comment about getting some messages and cards from fans. Oh, I did read this today. Comments. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? Right, um, there's a thing going on in all the in some of the schools in Shrewsbury where kids my daughter's age are writing letters to celebrities or like footballers or a- anyone they want to write a letter to because it's part of their curriculum, isn't it? And my daughter wrote a letter to Shrewsbury Town Football Club, and she was trying to explain to me what she'd written. I think the gist of it was she was complaining that they'd let Ryan Giles go because because <laughs> he was her favourite player. But I think that obviously a lot of those cards that have been going into Sam Ricketts this week must have been coming from the kids in the schools because who as an adult is writing Sam Ricketts cards and letters this week? Well, if if it's true, well, it's obviously it's true. Bollocks. Someone's been doing it, but I don't know. Why, why would I you press X to doubt on that one, Ollie? Sorry? <laughs> I press X to doubt on that one. Okay. But anyway... <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, in terms of, you know, we need to continue this journey. It's a big worry about what he does on Tuesday, rely on numbers. Um, he talks about Fella, you know, he'll be a very good player for this club and we've signed him for the long term. Um, and he goes on to talk about in terms of you can't, you know, in terms of he was, it's, it's, it's obviously it's a long-winded kind of um, question and point, but he basically got to the point that you can't accuse the players uh, of, um, you know, in terms of not working for, for the team. And I'll give him a, a positive here that the fact that he's been able to keep the players and the players performed well and tried hard in this game you know it's a good sign that he's kept the players to with him um through this period um so it'd be interesting to see how we kind of perform and it was quite a good calm post-match interview he, he wasn't he didn't go over the top which we've seen managers do in the past you get a win and then it's you know you this and you that he was very calm and professional um he good. said he basically said it's just a little like basically my summary of it, it was just a little building block and we can go from there he'd be delighted to that for that run to a stop playing simple only so there we go. Good. A win. Finally, Ollie, in 2020. Uh, what is it? February the 23rd. I mean, I didn't expect us to be waiting that long for one, but I am delighted it's finally come. And uh, yeah, we, we wait for the next game to this week, Ollie, to see where we go. And we'll get on to that in predictions in a minute, but I think we'll leave the match there and we'll just move on to stand-up news. He's hot in front of goal, is Darren Curry. 
So one thing to bring a bit of news on this week was a, a supports parliament meeting on Wednesday, Ollie, where we had all of uh, the usual uh, people from the football club turn up. So Brian was there and uh, Ian Whitfield for the media side, Lawrence Allaby, uh, the health, the, the safety officer for the ground, um, and we had the, the the fan representatives who sit on the on the top table as well. A lot of fans there as well. So it was a, it was a good evening, and it was actually considering what had been going on in the league, quite a really positive evening, talking about lots of different bits and pieces. There was a lot of good feedback on tickets and how well it went for Liverpool, which was nice because I've sat in a lot of their meetings, Ollie, where we've just gone on and on and complained about why we couldn't sell tickets a certain way so you know as we said and, and at the time the club deserve a lot of credit for the ticket thing but one good thing was we had a chat about the pump it up being played before the game which was seemed like a cursed introductory song ollie and you were pleased to know you went there on saturday ollie but it's gone it, it was not for the walkout match so <clears throat> that's uh, been condemned to the bin of history um yeah there was a big chat about booze i think our fans may well be alcoholics or obsessed by drinking because there was a real big chat about the price of the fan zone being uncompetitive so um there's a piece of work going to be done where they're going to go and do a, a survey of all the local pubs a few pubs in town other fan zones for other football clubs and what's in the hospitality at Shrewsbury and actually bring a sort of kind of bit of research to the next sports parliament meeting so we can talk about whether they should be reduced one thing I should note, Ollie, and this isn't in the agenda, but I picked it up this afternoon, is obviously MPM Catering have been doing our catering. And did you see that they have gone into administration? I saw something like, pop up on Twitter, yeah, but I, I yeah. didn't read it. So there's been no announcement about what that means in terms of the, the catering at the football club. And it maybe it gives us an indication as to why the prices, um, particularly for their element of it, have been so high. So maybe there's an opportunity for, for a sort of different companies to come in and, and do some, some sort of different approach there. I'm obviously going to say bring back Jenny's catering, Ollie. <laughs> if not now, when, I suppose. Bring but, back um, the baguettes. Yes, exactly. That would be the way forward. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one that just popped up, really. Um, there was a couple of other things, really. There's a, a talk about an ex-players association, which I think is going to that next stage now. There's going to be a look at you know what players qualify for it um, in terms of maybe appearances and starting to get to contact lists and you know getting maybe some sort of hospitality tickets for several of our players every week. So that'd be a nice thing to get going. I've kind of said I'll help with that, so I might be able to bring a bit more news on that as it evolves. And then finally, there was somebody else at the meeting who I met for the first time, which was Mr. Paul Delves, who's the new director, Ollie. Um, and he seemed a really, really nice bloke. He sat and listened for the first sort of hour and a bit as we were talking through things. Um, then he had, sort of did a bit of an introduction as to how he got involved in the football club. And then I had a chat with him after the after the game. We were talking about John Lewis, weirdly. Um, and he seemed a really nice bloke, a really kind of kind of down-to-earth Shropshire mon that you would want to be in our boardroom, Ollie. And, and so that was really pleasing, really, that he, he came across so well. Yeah, it's good to have someone else in the boardroom. Yeah. Um, we have lamented before, haven't we, that the board is quite small. We talked about Burton, who've got quite a, 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 a large, a lot, not a large, but a, a number of local businessmen. Um, and it sounds like, yeah. it sounds like a, a wise addition to the, the boardroom. The sort of man you think, you know, I'm glad he's involved in our football club, to be honest with you. That was my first impression of him. So that was probably one of the best things to come out of it. So, yeah, all in all, another sports parliament meeting. I think there's the next one's in April. I guess hey, if you want to come down and see what it's like, you're more than welcome. But, yeah, some really sort of interesting and positive things talked about. I did ask ask Brian a direct question, Ollie, and I know you want to talk about this a little bit, about Sam Ricketts' comments about B-teams, because I said to him, are we going to hear anything about this this season, Brian? Are you going to talk to the fans about what the approach is? Um, and he basically said, well, no, not really. We're still thinking about things, and it was a bit generic, the answer, and I'll talk about it as we go on. But, yeah, what, what first of all, because you weren't here last week, what did you make of the whole B-team comment thing when that started coming out in the press? Yeah, for me, I found it as very, in, very interesting, um, so interesting. I was really thinking of writing an article about it, um, like yeah. pros and cons um, of what we'd be like having a B-team. Obviously, Brentford yeah. being in the Championship, being on that level where you can sign players and you can play them good money if they um, if they make it to the first team, um, and also they're a club which 
um, is is well funded and they've got a business an owner who's willing to try new things. Um, their location is quite unique in the sense that they're close to Fulham and QPR and um, and Chelsea, so mm. they kind of bend their U system. So I thought the kind of the link to um, Brentford kind of sent us down a bit of a, a ravine and a bit of a path. So when I was thinking of writing this article, I actually went back, listened to the interview with Sam Ricketts, and there was literally nothing to go off. There's no detail. <laughs> no, no, there's no detail that. at all. So the idea of me writing this article would have been quite foolish. So yeah, I can't see us doing um, anything like Brentford. It costs 2.5 million a year. No uh, chance. And why would a player uh, who would be in Town B team, so someone, I don't know, who's... I know, not made it at West Brom or Wolves, come and sign for our B team when they could go and play to a League Two or a conference team or even Telford and get in their first team. Why would you come to Shrewsbury and, and be in yep. their B team? Also, we don't have the space. And we and also, if you're spending even 300k on it, that would be 300k you're not spending on the first team. So for me, it just raised lots and lots of questions. Um, mm. I'm not sure if it was a wise move um, to, to mention it um, in the way it was it was done. Um, maybe it was just a, a bit of a mistake. But yeah, since fans racing and yeah, it was a big one. So yeah, thanks for asking. And yeah, mm. there's not much to say, is there? No, it, it, I think that's true, is there's not a detail. And it is, Brian's sort of comments weren't really as enlightening as they might have been for something that was about to be implemented. And it clearly isn't. Um, but Brian was talking about having feeder teams and you know sending people off to play at different leagues and get experience and it, it's clearly something the football club are looking at you know not just Sam Ricketts it's clearly a, a way for this football club to approach a different strategy and, and work differently and listening to Brian talk about football you, you've met him a few times he's, he's really interesting to listen to and he, he puts a lot of thought and effort into what those you know marginal gains are really for a football club like ourselves you know we're not going to try and just copy the best that someone else does what works best for our football club I trust Brian to, to be doing the right thing um, financially and in terms of you know what can develop players for this football club. It's not going to be the Brentford model, 100%. No. It's not going to be I think that. that was a red herring, wasn't it, in, in the conversation? It was, yeah. That confused everyone. It's because Ricketts was saying, I know people who were there and I know how we do it. And that was the thing that maybe threw people. So who knows what will happen with it. I think that we will hear something about a, a different approach to maybe recruitment and... Um, and and wider squads and reserve type players. I think we will hear more about that as the summer progresses, maybe. But you know, from the from the chat we had at the sports bar, but meet, we're kind it's of clear doing that, that anyway because we send players out yeah. on loan to Telford and Hales Owen. Um, anyway, so yeah, they tend but, to only be if, young players though. Yeah, but I guess again, it's go, without going into too much detail, again, that's if you're spending money on players that should be the first team. Sh- would you not sign League One players and is that money being wasted and why not just let a kid go to Hales Owen rather than come to Shrewsbury and then keep tap on him? I don't know. I think Brian was using Issa as the example that a big step up from playing for Weldstone to then come and play League One football where he might have benefited by being a Shrewsbury Town player for three years but that first year playing at a level between where we play and um and League One. Sorry, where we play and Wheelstone. And I can kind of understand that. And you know, whether you've had a don't B team sign where him that... then. Let him go well, let him I don't know. have his own natural it's it, it's an interesting it's, it's the no right it? or wrong, isn't it? Yeah. It's like does no, it work? Yeah. And for me I'm just thinking if I'm a if I'm a kid or if I'm a parent and I've got a my son has got the chance to go to Shrewsbury B or go and play for Barrow or go and play for um a Chester I'm thinking, go and play first-team football and go and get your experience that way. Mm, I don't know. As we say, it's it's a different approach, Arlie, and something that, yeah. you know... It oh, might, awful, might... awful different approaches, and it could be yeah. something that everyone else wants to copy. But, yeah, I think we need a bit more detail. But It's an interesting discussion. 
It is, especially when we're letting players like John McAtee go to Scunthorpe, and he's now doing so well there, they think they're going to sell him for a load of money in the summer. So there are definitely better decisions we can make as a football club in terms of what we do with our youth players, because clearly someone, put, obviously Paul Hurst, saw something in him. And, and even after Paul Hurst left Scunthorpe, he, he had another really good game at the weekend, and, and I see rave reviews for him. So, you know, we're obviously going to make mistakes as a football club, but that's a bit yeah. of a disappointing one. <laughs> it is a disappointing one, but sometimes you need that kind of that kick up the bum to kind of yeah kick on but yeah, yeah interesting discussion yeah feel free to kind of people to share their opinions what do you think about these yeah, three teams yeah. um something we can keep discussing as, as the season draws to a close mm-hmm. and they're on to predictions ollie so yes we all got it wrong last week because we were all <laughs> super super negative um well, two of us went for defeats i went for a draw i was the most positive but still i was a bit of a way off um so yeah nothing for us uh, for doncaster at home we obviously have Tranmere in the middle of this week, and then we are going to Bristol Rovers away, which I'll be going to. I'm going to take the kids down. Um, so yeah, I'll be going to both games this week, Ollie. And I don't know. Overall, what are you feeling about this week? Would 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 th- what three points be fine, or would would four points be your minimum? What are you expecting over the week? Um, yeah, Bristol Rovers are not not having the best of times at the moment. Um, no, but nor nor are we. Um, I think beating <laughs> Tranmere at home is a must. Is correct a must must win. Losing that game would be more than two steps backwards. Um, so God, I yeah. expect to win on Tuesday night. And then, yeah, if we get something from um, Bristol Rovers away, that would be a, a positive. I don't know. I just uh, I always seem to think that we struggle against Bristol Rovers. We always feel, I get the sense we feel like we've played them too often. And we never seem to get mm, much from them. Obviously, since that 4-0 at home. But the last few times we've been away there, um, the last game, we, last time we went there, obviously, was the um, first time we went to three at the back. And it was um, it was Williams's. Um, Debut. debut, yeah, and it was another frustrating Ricketts performance, and I don't know, I'm not too hopeful. What, what are you expecting from this week? Yeah, I, I'd take a draw against Tranmere after beating Doncaster. Four points from two home games will Four be fine. Four points would be very good. Yeah. Would be fine, but then you'd want us to go and maybe get more than a, than a point at Bristol Rovers. So two draws this week wouldn't be disastrous. I don't think it would increase the pressure. No, no, no. I, I agree think, with I think you. It's a bit of a free hit. If you win that Tuesday yeah. night game, um, Saturday's a bit for free here, I think. Definitely, yeah. But I do agree with you. Losing to Tranmere is almost disastrous, to be honest with you, compared to what we're, where we're at now. So it's still a lot riding on that game, to be honest with you. What do I think will happen at Bristol Rovers? I think we'll probably go there and draw 1-1. Yeah, I was going to go for a draw as well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for one all as well. I was going to go for two all, but yeah, I got a bit of abuse um, for, for suggesting we might not score on Saturday. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to score two away to Bristol Rovers. So I'm going to go for a one all draw as well. Oh, okay. And do you think we'll beat Tranmere? Yeah, I, I think we'll beat Tranmere, yeah. I, I'm, I'm more nervous about Tranmere in some respects. Again, just the pressure element of it. It's just because it's Mickey that... Menon. You just, you're obsessed yeah, with ex-players and managers. and you is... think. Something's going to happen. Well, not just that. I think that they're they're in their last knockins, aren't they? They've got to win, or they're basically buggered, aren't they? Because we're one of those teams that they they could potentially catch. So they're they're going to be super motivated for that game, and they might be crap, but they they'll at least surely they'll be up for it. Do you know what I mean? Compared to well, surely they'd be up for everything, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always very nervous about games like this. Um, yeah, I but... think you're more worried about Mickey Mellon rather than the players. <laughs> they don't think the players will care too much. Oh man, there we go. Oh, good stuff, Ollie. Good stuff. I'm glad we've had a win. I'm a bit more cheery tonight yeah. than I've been the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate everyone for listening. The last few weeks, the podcast has been going really well. Six, seven hundred listens sometimes. So thanks for all the support and, and all the uh, all the listens of the last few weeks. And we'll, we'll keep going, Ollie. We'll keep getting to the end of the season, and then who knows what next season will bring. But yeah, let's get to the end of the season first, mate. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully Tuesday night can be fun. I'll be going. I'm sure yeah. I'll be going. Um, Saturday, yeah, I. 
haven't even thought about that far ahead yet. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure. I have, <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll probably go. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a super week. It was yeah nice um, talking about victory. And yeah, hopefully we can have a few more of those before the season ends. Good stuff. Catch you next Sunday. Oh,